What's up and welcome to the pregame pod. My name is Thomas Curtis. I'm your host. Today is Tuesday, January 26th. The championship games for the NFL finished up on Sunday, so I'm going to do a recap of those for you guys. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday is in 12 days now, so I'm going to do a very early predictions for that uh, from me for you guys. Talk a little bit about the NBA, although we mostly do that on the YouTube. It's just the pregame. Um, just search that up and find the channel. Um, we do that on the post game, that series. We talk a lot about basketball, so make sure to check that out. But without further ado, let's just get right into the episode. Basically, what happened on Sunday was Brady and the Buccaneers went to Lambeau, beat the number one seeded Packers uh, by a score of 31 to 26. Brady had a pretty good game for the first three quarters. In the fourth quarter, he really looked like he was playing defense for the Packers, just giving the ball back um, to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers really couldn't do much with it. He scored one touchdown on three opportunities from Brady interceptions. Um, He tried to – he he had a lane from what I saw to run it in and – uh, just didn't try to make the throw, couldn't. It was dropped, and on fourth down, Matt LaFleur opted to go with a field goal, make it 31-26, give the ball back to back to uh, Brady, the g- greatest quarterback of all time, which is never a good idea. Brady, they ran the ball a few times, threw it once. Controversial uh, pass interference was tough for Green Bay. I think it was personally. Um but you have to call the game both ways, and the refs weren't doing that early. So maybe the way that they were calling it, it wasn't a pass interference. Legally, by rule, it should have been a pass interference. Leonard Fournette had a great game. 12 rushes, 55 yards, and a touchdown. It was good because Ronald Jones had 10 rushes, 16 yards, no touchdowns. Um, and really, Mike Evans was the really impactful wide receiver. Uh, Brady just kept trying to go to him. Um, I believe two of his, in, two of Brady's interceptions came trying to target Mike Evans. And then at the half, Scotty Miller, 42-yard touchdown, I believe it was. Uh, Brady throws a dime. Miller burns Kevin King on the Hail Mary attempt, catches it. It's 28 to 10 at the half. The rest is history. Evans had a good game. Chris Godwin um, was effective when he caught the ball. I believe he caught the ball five times. As let me grab the stats. <laughs> I I know most of the stats off the top of my head because I've looked at them before because we even recorded uh, before this. Let's see. Chris Godwin, five receptions, 110 yards. He was really the most impactful receiver, but Mike Evans, three for 51 in the touchdowns. Gardy Miller, two for t- 36 in a touchdown. So that touchdown was maybe like 32 yards. Um, Fournette. It was great in the receiving game with 5 for 20. Gronk had a big 30-yard reception. That was his only one of the game. Aaron Rodgers had a really good game. The defense played well enough, but Rodgers just couldn't get it in the end zone at the end of the uh, at the end of the day, and that's what hurt them. Rodgers went 33 for 48, 346 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. The pick could have been a holding on Sean Murphy bunting, bunting but it was really a good play um, where he just, like, kind of snagged the ball right away from Alan Lazard. Uh, Aaron Jones had that brutal fumble, huge hit by, I believe, Devin White. Um, That was too bad because Aaron Jones and the Packers were driving, and then Jones obviously fumbles. Brady goes down and gets the touchdown. Marquez Valdez-Scantling had four receptions, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Adams went nine for 67 and a touchdown. Lazard, three for six. 
three for 62, no touchdowns. At the end of the day, the Bucks were the better team in this game. Green Bay didn't play very well. They were losing 28-10 at half, like I mentioned. Kevin King really just didn't play well, which I was confused. I'm watching this game, right, and Mike Evans is not burning you, but, yeah, burning Kevin King. And I was just so confused why they wouldn't put Jair Alexander on Mike Evans because he is their best. He's their all-pro corner. He's their best corner and one of the best in the league. And they were running just a man with no help over the top. Kevin King coming off an injury, and you decide to put him on Mike Evans, who's six foot five and very fast for his height. There's no reason that um, that Mike Evans should be burning Kevin King so many times without Jair Alexander at least getting one cover on uh, Mike Evans. It was tough. It was stubborn game planning, I believe, by Matt LaFleur. And also, that field goal really hurt them. They should have just gone for it on fourth down. And then, the second game of the night, Kansas City and Buffalo. The one versus the two seed. Kansas City took this one, 38-24. Yes, one by 14. Um, Josh Allen didn't play the best. With He, he was 28 for 48, 287, and two touchdowns with also an interception. He took, like, two sacks for... 40 yards or something like that, um, and he just wouldn't throw the ball away, tempers were high, um, they were flaring really, uh, Allen threw the ball at one of the defensive linemen for the Chiefs, and then, uh, one of the O-linemen came in, it was a big scuffle, all the penalties ended up offsetting though, so it really wasn't anything, uh, bottom line is the Bills don't have a running, rush game, when Josh Allen leads you with seven rushes, 88 yards, uh, it's not good because you want Devin Singletary to get 12, 13, 14 touches a game. You want him to get in the end zone once they didn't have a single rushing touchdown. Um, Cole Beasley with seven receptions, 88 yards. He played through a broken fibula in the fourth quarter, which was crazy. He'll have surgery on that. And the Chiefs are just the better team here. Patrick Mahomes had an off night and went 28 29 for 38, sorry, 325 yards and three, pick, or three touchdowns, no picks. That's just crazy. That is, people in Good Morning Football, Nate Burleson, mostly, are calling it the Super Bowl, the goat versus the kid, because the kid is a uh, baby goat. So, that makes sense. I like it. That's funny. Um, uh, what's his name? Darrell Williams went 13 for 52 in a touchdown. Clyde Edwards-Alaire went six, six attempts, seven yards in a touchdown. Um, Mahomes had five attempts for five yards, which, I mean, you really don't want Mahomes running the way he got hurt. Tyreek Hill went nine for 172, no touchdowns. Kelsey, 13 for 118, two touchdowns. Uh, Byron Pringle, three for 22, no touchdowns. Hardman did have a touchdown. He also had him off punt, which really seemed to get Buffalo's momentum going, and then it just came to a halt in the third quarter. Most of Buffalo's points were garbage time points when the Chiefs had already realized that they were going to win, so they weren't the Chiefs' defense weren't playing very well at the end of the game. It, it's tough to watch um, a team like the Bills, who were 13-3. and They played a great season. They hadn't lost since the Hale Murray with um, DeAndre Hopkins. They were playing great football, and it just came to a halt against one of the best teams that I've seen in, in the Kansas City Chiefs. Hale, Edwards, Alaire, and Bell are back next in the Super Bowl. Um, Kelsey is probably the best tight end in the league at this point. There might be recency bias, but also Kittle hasn't played in a while. Um, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, and I hate to say that because I'm a Patriots fan, but it's just the facts. Um, as for my very early predictions, 
I'm going to go with whoever has the ball at the end of the game. If it's Mahomes with a minute 30 left, I'm going Mahomes. If it's Brady with a minute 30 left, I'm going with Brady. Nobody can bet against Brady in a Super Bowl, especially when uh, when he's gone at 10 of them. This is his 10th, which is crazy. You need two hands to count how many times he's been on he's been in the Super Bowl and um it's just crazy. Tom Brady, greatest quarterback of all time. Patrick Mahomes looks like he might be the most talented QB of all time. I like the Buccaneers. I really like their defense, but their corners are slow. Carlton Davis got burnt like toast against uh Devontae Adams the whole game. And then they didn't have Antoine Winfield, which is tough. He's turned into more of a Jamal Adams that gets interceptions type guy. Um, I like Winfield. I believe he was a second-round pick. I like that pick coming out of the draft. Um, they need they needed that defensive help. Their D-line got a bolster with Vita Vea coming back. Um, Devin White. Devin White and uh, Levante David are great. So yeah, I really I really like their defense, but it's so hard to bet against KC and their amazing team the way they're put together. That's enough for that so far. I'll talk more definitely on next week's show. Um I'm gonna talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had a good game but the Packers couldn't pull it out in his uh post game press conference, sorry. He talked about I don't know what the future holds, I don't know what we're gonna do, I need to take take time off. Kind of implying that he wanted to trade, not necessarily. And then reports came out he wants, like, a deal. So, basically, it's going to be what the Brady-Garoppolo situation was. Brady thought like he was being pushed out with Garoppolo. Said, either trade me or him. And, obviously, why would you ever trade Brady? So, they traded Garoppolo. And I feel like it's the same thing here. They're going to trade Love. If you want to win a Super Bowl soon, you're trading Love. You're getting a second-round pick, maybe, out of it. Um, first, second, because he was a late first-round pick last year. And once you do that, once you get, um, once you get that second-round pick, you can either choose a wide receiver or hopefully trade it for a second guy behind Devontae Adams. Robert Tanyan's been good. I like the Packers' makeup of this, uh, team. Their defense has been tough. Kevin King, you need a bolster at that second cornerback spot. And if they have the money... Maybe go out and spend on a J.C. Jackson, who's looking for big money this year. He was the second leading uh, interceptor in the NFL this year. So you got to look at those um, components. A team I like for Rodgers, if he were to get traded, if they were to stick with Love, I would certainly go with Indy. Indy, the best uh, offensive line in the NFL. you got the best defense in the NFL, and you have that three-headed monster of Taylor, Hines, and... Um, Marlon Mack who's coming off an injury but he'll still be good next year um, you have weapons T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman who was their day 2 pick um, Zach Pascal is good so maybe they go after a receiver here in this draft um, with T.Y. Hilton getting older but Indy's a good choice I don't know how much people are throwing out Houston like Watson for Rodgers but I don't know how much I like that fit without any weapons San Francisco I like. You have Debo Samuel, Kendrick Bourne, George Kittle is a great tight end, and Rodgers knows how to utilize that tight end. Um, They also have a good defense with Nick Bosa, Fred Warner. So I like the 70—I was going to say the 76ers, the 49ers. And then Stafford deals because we got that report that Matthew Stafford and the Lions have agreed that the Lions will shop him this offseason. 
you look at the Patriots, obviously, the way um, he's built as a QB, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels are like, wow, we really need this guy, but I'm not sure how much they'd be willing to give up for a 32-year-old guy. Um, maybe think about um, a guy like Mac Jones in the draft if you're the Patriots. So I don't know what they're going to do with Stafford. We need to see who's like buying there. Again, 40, 49ers come up a lot there too. And then for Watson, we talked about this a lot. I really... I mean, why would you ever want to go to New York with the Jets? Because he's talked about that. Or not talked about it, but reports have go, come out that he wants to be with the Jets. And that's just crazy to me. Why? They have Jameson Crowder, that's it. They don't have a run game. They don't have an offensive line. No defense. No special teams either. I really don't. Maybe the market. That's it. That's the only reason you'd want to go there. Um, the Dolphins are interesting with Tua Tiger by Loa. That could be a trade deal. Or a trade deal. Um, a trade package with Tua and picks, Tua and the third pick. Um, so you got to look at that component. Again, those are just rumors that all these guys could stay put, but only really 10 guys have actual real um, futures with the team that they're on. Guys like Garoppolo, you don't know what they're going to do with Garoppolo. You don't know uh, what they're going to do with Jared Goff. You don't know what they're going to obviously with Stafford, with Trubisky, Kirk Cousins might be moving on, Cam Newton's definitely moving on in my opinion. So it this offseason is going to be crazy. I'm very excited about the draft. Um, I talk a lot, like I said, about the NBA. So I think, or I talk a lot about the NBA on the post game. So I think I might just wrap this episode up. I really wanted to get an episode out to you guys after the recording that we just did got corrupted. So, sorry it's a shorter episode. Make sure to follow the um, Instagram. It's at the pregame pod. The YouTube is the pregame. Sportscaster is the pregame. Um, and the TikTok is dot the dot pregame. We don't do a lot on the TikTok, but we do try to get alerts out to you guys. So, make sure to follow all those platforms to stay up to date with the pregame. And, yeah, until next episode, go Celtics. We'll see what happens in this next week. If anything huge happens, we will get an episode out to you. See you guys. Thank you.